Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, as always, with the other two stooges, my brother Aaron and Mr. Archie Mitchell. Hello. What's up? Hello, gentlemen, and this week we are going to give you kind of a preview of a show that we are going to be doing every week on WrestleNet Radio going forward. It's kind of a time machine for professional wrestling. I'm going to, and whoever wants to join me that specific week, go back through the news from this week 25 years ago in professional wrestling, whether it be news results, big major stories going on, um, house shows, We'll talk about the Raw and Nitro from that week. Just different things that were going on in pro wrestling 25 years ago this week. And we're going to do that as this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast to get that started and give you a preview of what that show is going to be like. And also, big announcement. I made it on our Facebook group this past week. Our first, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, Reliving the Extreme, WrestleNet Radio, our first appearance at a pro wrestling convention October 2nd, 2021, two days before my birthday, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the War Memorial Coliseum for the Heroes and Legends of Wrestling convention. Very excited to go. Aaron and I have been to these shows before. They are very well put on, very well organized events. Um, You'll have the opportunity to not only shindig with us, maybe you can wind up on the show. I'm not opposed to that because we'll probably tape hours worth of shit there while we're there. But you can also meet Legends of Wrestling. It's like it's like your standard wrestling convention. There's collectibles, tables, things like that. I know for a fact Rikishi, Kevin Sullivan, Gangrel, the Headbangers, just a few of the wrestlers now, are going to be in the show. Yes, I don't. I don't mean to step on your toes here, but I heard that Headbanger Mosh might not be able to make it, but Beaver Cleavage would be there. <laughs> so I mean. I don't, know if, I don't know if Mock Cleavage is going to be there, but Beaver will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Beaver will be there. There's the name of this episode. And I will... Uh, I made my announcement, too. I don't know if you saw it, Nate. Oh, I love your announcement. It was the best thing I saw today. But I will be uh, autographing... Uh, personally autographing 8x10s of hard work Bobby Walker. 
<laughs> no co- at no cost to Aaron because he found him in the dumpster. And if I, I do, if I do show up, I, I will be next to Aaron, signing yes. autographs on eight by tens of Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman. <laughs> so, you know, mine will be free though. Aaron's charging. Three dollars. Three dollars, right? Three. For my autograph of hard work, Bobby. Uh, of my autograph on an eight by ten of hard work, Bobby Walker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantasy alive. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. needs to play another another game sometime soon of dead or not dead. I'll, I'll start on that as soon as we're done. Now, I have a question. Did mm-hmm. Bobby Walker once go by the Black Nature Boy as well? No, he wanted Andrews. But oh, Bobby okay. Walker did want to be Sting's Black Nemesis. No, Stang. You, oh, did no you're mis... You're, mis, you're, you're oh, confusing no your... Right. You're confusing your African-American WCW jobbers. That was Bobby Hard Walker. Work. No, it wasn't. It was hard... It was Hard Body Harrison. Oh. They weren't the hard same body. guy? No. no. Hard work Bobby. Bobby Walker was a nice human being that just didn't Ooh, make it in the business. Right. Hard work Bo- uh, uh, Hard Body Harrison was that guy that became like a pimp and got arrested for human trafficking and in prison for the rest of his life. And did he murder somebody too, I think? Probably. Well, my apologies to the friends and family of Hard Work Bobby Walker for mischaracterizing <laughs> him. Yeah, as, as the guy that wanted to be Stang. That was that was Hard Body Harrison. Now, do we have a minute before we start? Because I have. We already started, off. buddy. No, like I know. Sid, but we like Sid in '96. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're live, pal. So I have <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, I walked in today from work at 3 p.m. 2 p.m. Excuse me. It was an early day. And sitting on my doorstep was a giant box. I'm going to try and position the camera so you guys see that box right there? I do. That box is, is Abdul- ringside collectibles. I was going to say, is, our, is Abdullah the Butcher in there? What's in the box? <laughs> That's what I want to know. It's from ringside collectibles, and I didn't order anything. <laughs> so I call my wife. I'm like, what's this? Did you do something here? Because it's addressed to me. It's like, yeah, that's your Father's Day present. I'm like, oh, great, I'll open it now. She's like, no, you're not allowed to open it till Father's Day. So it just gets to sit there. So I have the dilemma. I actually made it a game in the Asylum uh, Facebook page. Will I wait or will I open it before? (laughs) Because I don't know if I'm going to be able to wait. That's an awful big box. Yeah, it's an awful big box to wait. When when's Father's Day? Is that like next weekend? Oh God! Wow. Yeah, Yeah, you're not you're. All she kept telling me was, "Is I'm not allowed to buy anything from ringside. So I'm thinking, I, I don't know what it is, but it kind of makes me pissed off because I did have money to burn and I wanted to do a purchase. So. You're, 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 you're going to open it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the tents, it'll be in shambles. I don't have faith in your will. I'm sorry. No, I'm not trying no. to, I'm not trying to discredit your will, but if it was me, I'd be, I would open it. When it comes to a, a box that I'm told not to open, whether it be birthday, Christmas or whatever, or a chocolate cake, if you tell me no, it will be devoured. That's all that <laughs> I'm going to say. So. It's going down. Mm-hmm. I think I know what it is. What is it? It's a life-size figure of... Uh, Hard body. Bill, Bill, Bill Dundee. Do they sell that on ringside? He'd fit in that box. <laughs> he would fit in that box. Kevin Sullivan would fit that box, too. 
So <laughs> before we roll on with um, with the stories from 25 years ago, let's touch just a little bit on the stories from this week. The WWE releases, which are which are another step in WWE being sold to a major conglomerate. Anybody that tells you different has no idea how business works. This is why Nick Khan works for this company now. And WWE is going to be owned by NBC, Fox, Disney, somebody ESPN, uh, within, the, within the next year. I lean toward NBC, but... Well, I mean, there, there's rumors because today Brock Lesnar actually went back to the active roster on the mm-hmm. website that the layoffs were because they were trying to free up cash to pay Brock. But, that's that's horseshit. Yeah, they just I got mean, they just got what, how about a billion dollars or something for right, the network? They've right. got plenty of money to play, pay Brock Lesnar. The company's yeah, making spent, more money. The company's making more money now than it ever has. You know, a dollar on traveling or rent or rent because they own the performance center, and for the first few months, all they did was shows in the performance center. Mm-hmm. So WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania that they had to do during the pandemic, was in the performance center. So that means they saved millions right. on all they had to do for WrestleMania, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. The, the one I'm most shocked about, though, is Alistair Black being released because um, he asked for his release three months ago when they fired Zelina Vega, his wife, and they were like, no, you can't have a release. And he's like, okay, put me back down to NXT then. I'd rather work in NXT. They're like, no, we can't afford to lose you on the main roster. And then you fire him a week after he returns? Right. You know? Yeah. Ludicrous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ludicrous. Um, I know Aaron, Aaron, uh, we were having a conversation between the uh, the hosts and the admins a little while earlier today. Um, and I was talking about, we were talking about Braun Strowman. I don't think Braun Strowman's actually going to do anything because he literally has said for years that if he wasn't working for the WWE, he wasn't going to work anywhere. I think he'll be, I mean, I think he'll dip his to try in Hollywood or something like that before he goes to another wrestling promotion. If he does go to another wrestling promotion, I think Braun Strowman would be money in Japan. Uh, I was saying the NWA as well. I don't want that melon head in the NWA. I know know you don't. We talked about it. I'm on on if you smell what the arch is cooking. But I think that because of his old look and the way he cuts promos, I think he'd be good there for at least a couple months anyway just to challenge Nick Aldis one time for the world title, you know, or become a part of Nick Aldis's group, you know. I want Murphy in the NWA. I want yeah, Murphy Mur- anywhere where they let him shine. Yeah. You know? Yep. That couple of years ago when he was in the cruiserweight, like they were really hyping yeah. the cruiserweight division and he was having matches on pay-per-view, that guy is solid, solid. He's a he's a 10 in the ring. And I don't say that a lot, you know, but the guy, he's almost flawless in the ring. He's one of those guys like Shelton that I think is a big miscarriage of justice in the WWE that he was terribly underused. I agree. And then, they, you know, they tried to get him in his creepy thing with Aaliyah Mysterio. And, right. <laughs> and she's on social media going, I'm engaged to my boyfriend. Meanwhile, they're on TV going, wait, I thought she was with Murphy. You know, mm-hmm. kayfabe is dead. <laughs> That's all. Oh, <laughs> it's more than dead. It yeah. is. That corpse has, rot- has rotted. Although I will say there was a, uh, not to get off topic for a second, there was a, a picture release of Chris Jericho and MJF um, before Double or Nothing went on the line, uh, went on, went live on pay-per-view. 
mm-hmm. in the, you know, the production meeting or whatever. They were hugging and laughing about something. I guess they were talking about the match that they were about to have. And somebody left a comment. This is why kayfabe is dead. No, it's not. It's not about a picture of two guys who are rivals, you know, being, you know, being together in a room together because that's been happening for years. Yeah. Kayfabe is dead because wrestlers refuse to only be on television. They got to be on everything. You know, mm-hmm. they don't stay in character enough. But whatever. Let's see how Kayfabe was going 25 years ago. 25 yeah. years ago. Nice segue. Aaron stole your segue there. Wow. <laughs> nice segue. Aaron. And now he's riding around on it. Give me my segue back. Give my segue back. <laughs> <laughs> um, 25 years ago, this week in professional wrestling, the big headline. Anybody remember the Wrestling Peace Festival in Los yes. Angeles? Yeah. That event took place 25 years ago. It was on June 1st. 1996, wrestlers from WCW, AAA, EMLL, New Japan, War, Michinoku Pro, Pancrase, Pro Wrestling Fujiwara, and the UFC were all in attendance at this show. I remember it there. uh, Yeah, the WWF did not participate. And actually, WCW, as I was reading the story about it, WCW got cold feet at the last minute and did let their wrestlers compete but would not promote the show, nor would they allow any of the matches their wrestlers were in to be on any of the videos or anything that was from the show. Wow. Um, I remember at the time reading about it and thinking, wow, this sounds really cool. And then they only, they only drew 25, 13 paid to the show. So it was kind of a lukewarm reception, but let's, uh, let's run down the card here from the world wrestling peace festival. Again, June 1st, 1996, Sergeant Craig Pittman forced KGB to submit. Is KGB uh, uh, Johnny K-9, Aaron? Possibly. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't remember that. that This one sounds like it was probably sloppy. Uh, KGB KGB was uh, um, uh, the guy that played Cobra and NWO Sting. Je- Jeff Farmer? Jeff Farmer. Not, yeah. yeah, Jeff Farmer. Yeah. He had all the, the great gimmicks. This Why did sound... I remember that? I don't know. But I don't know where my fuck, fucking put my keys five minutes ago, but I remember that KGB was fucking Jeff Farmer. But go ahead. I'll have to, I'll have to look up and see if Johnny K9 wrestled as KGB too, because I don't know why I thought KGB was him. Jim Neidhart pinned Bobby Bradley. I'm sure that was sloppy. Um, oh, without a doubt. Akira Hokuto and Lady Apache beat Bull Nakano and Neftali. I don't know who the hell Neftali is, but... I believe that's a, one of the AAA uh, wrestlers, uh, female wrestlers. Uh, her and Lady Apache were in a lot of views back then. And I am a fan of Hokuto, and Bull Nakano is one of my favorite women wrestlers of all time. So Without a doubt. Chris Benoit pinned Alex Wright. I'm sure that was a good match. Oh, that was probably fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ultimo Dragon and Rey Mysterio Jr. beat Heavy Metal and Psychosis. That was probably, probably really good. Yeah. Lex Luger pinned Masa Saito. I'm sure that was... That was, that was fucking was, terrible. I'm sure that was lumbering, yeah. to say the least. That was 10 Nick. minutes of panting. Just it <laughs> uh, 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 Are we done yet? <laughs> Negro Casas beat El Hijo de Santo. Okay. 
I don't know why I went to Sento, but I did. Um, a couple of my favorites are in this one. Das Karas, Atlantis, and Hector Garza beat Silver King, Dr. Wagner Jr., and El Grand Marcus Jr. Hector Garza and Silver King, sign me up. I'm a big fan of both of those guys. I'm, I'm a big fan of Dr. Wagner and Silver King as well. Uh, so that was probably, with those four, probably a great match. You can ask Aaron back then, like, Hector Garza was, like, my shit. I'm like, they should make him the WWF Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. <laughs> fucking um, corkscrew plancha that he would do. Yeah. Fucking insane. Mm-hmm. And his kid. And he was just pop- he was just he was just popping it off in like the third match on Nitro, and you're like, "What the <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, is right. going on?" <laughs> like, imagine being like, I don't know, like I don't know, um, Jesco Inferno, and you just kind of go out there with fucking Johnny Grunge. After that, you're just like, "What the fuck am I right. supposed to do now? <laughs> what do we do now, Johnny? I don't know. I don't have any idea. But yeah, he just." He just popped that shit off, and then he'd be like, "All right, Pet Boys brings you Nitro." It's like, you guys don't realize what just happened. Jesus yeah. Christ! He does that move, and then five minutes later, it's Weasel Soup this week. Yeah. Lee hey, Marshall. Hey, hey, did you see that shit? Fucking Hector just did. Well, here's Glacier. <laughs> and no, no disrespect to Glacier. No, but God damn. Tatsumi Fujinami forced Black Cat to, to submit. Okay. Paraguayo. I'm assuming it's old old man Paraguay. Right. All right. Paraguayo and La Parca beat Peros and Cybernetico. Paraguayo at this point. Rough. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that when he came into the WWF with the AAA thing and he just like. He has, he, he has furry he, boots and his. And, Instead of doing the high spot, he'd just run up to the rope and hit it and then go, ah! Yeah. Far past his prime at that point. Conan beat Chris Jericho and Bam Bam Bigelow in a triangle match. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why that, that, yeah, I don't that, know why that made me laugh. But well, you know, Conan and Jericho, good match. Like, one of these things is not like the other. Right, right. <laughs> Jushin Liger pinned the great Sasuke. Damn, that would be fucking awesome. Right. Any- <laughs> um, the Giant pinned Sting. Okay, typical Nitro match. Yeah. And then Antonio Inoki and Dan Severn beat Oleg Taktarov and Yoshiaki Fujiwara. But that's why they only gained 2,500 people in the arena. <laughs> not the best main event. I mean, I've, if it would have been Anoki versus Severin, then I would have been like, yeah. But them as Anoki An- probably just would have laid down and like crab walked or something yeah. and not let Severin do anything. Liger and Sasuke, that's worth the price of admission for oh, me. All right. So there we have it. That's the World Peace Festival. Any uh, comments there, gents? I mean, I know we gave comments, but sounds like it was a pretty decent show. There were a couple decent of stinkers, card. it sounds like decent card. I mean, uh, some of them, like you said, were, you know, probably opening Nitro matches or, you know, for whatever show they were going to be on. But mm-hmm. they had some decent talent, you know. Like, three good matches. If I was leaving, I'd be like, that was the world piece of shit festival. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I did not know this, but apparently this week, 25 years ago, and which is crazy because he was in the middle of the uh, the feud with Sean, and it obviously didn't happen. But here we go. Last week, the WWE, WWF received notice from the British Bulldog that he was exercising his option not to have his contract automatically renew this summer. Since then, he has reached a tentative wow. agreement with management to remain in the WWF and not follow in the footsteps of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. So apparently Bulldog almost almost wound up in WCW quicker than he did. That probably would have been is, better. Which is, which is probably why there's those crazy rumors where people were saying Bulldog was going to be in the NWO. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, right. And he probably, they probably offered him not to be in the end. Like, they probably told him uh, he couldn't be in the NWO and what they were going to do with him. And that's why he probably stuck around. Mm-hmm. Well, that and, and it, well, let's see. This well, is Brett and Ellen were there and probably talked him back off the ledge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was about to say maybe they lured him back by promising him a title program, but he was already into the title program with Sean by this point. Right. Um, and, and this wasn't that far out before they reconciled the heart foundation you know when no brett yeah because brett at this point at this point brett's on his little leave of absence after wrestlemania right and uh yeah so Another well let's see here reconcile so it would it make sense that he stuck around right get some more into some wwf news here they ran a house show in west palm beach florida with a whopping 2,763 in attendance. Let's check this card out. May 30th. Actually bigger than what they've had, you know, up a couple of years ago. They were only getting like 1,700 fans mm-hmm. for house shows. So that's actually pretty big. I wonder, all right, back the, back then during this time, and I mean, at this point, it was a far gone conclusion that it wouldn't happen because Ted DiBiase was leaving the WWF. But at this point, I was actually interested in the fact that they had been running, because uh, I was a Duke Drozzy fan, okay? I like Duke Drozzy. I think Duke Drozzy yeah. was a good wrestler. He's a good hand, a decent promo. They were running stories in the WWF magazine that he was going to, like, seen trying to get money from Ted DiBiase and blah, blah, blah. So I was uh, kind of interested in if they were going to have Duke Drozzy, call him, like, Duke Dallas Drozzy or something, and, and be with Ted DiBiase. Maybe they were starting to think about that at some point because on this house show he beat Alto Alto Aldo Montoya and Aldo Montoya is a babyface so I don't know. Right. Duke Drozzy beat Aldo. The Bushwhackers beat the New Rockers. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog beat Jake Roberts and Ahmed Johnson by disqualification. Mark Marrow pinned Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Justin Hawk Bradshaw beat Barry Horowitz. Then Ahmed pinned Vader. Cleanly with a spine Damn. buster. Damn. You got to see two Ahmed Johnson's matches on this show. Savio, Be- Savio Vega pinned Steve Austin with a small package. The Undertaker pinned Mankind after a tombstone. And Shawn Michaels beat Goldust with a super kick. There's your house show from May 30th for the WWF. Other than really? having to see Ahmed twice, it's not bad. See, I know I differ. I guess I understand now why Raw was kind of behind in the ratings during this time because they, you look at that undercard and it's not the best. You know what I mean? Duke mm-hmm. Rosie versus Aldo Montoya and Justin you know Bradshaw, that, you know. 
even though even though uh everybody in the match involved i have nothing against you know the bushwhackers versus the new rockers wasn't good it was trash (laughs) it was trash it was it was complete comedy fucking al was getting his ass bit yeah doing stupid shit Marty was doing crazy, you know, a rocker, the, the hype-up rocker moves that he probably used to do, and it was just bad. Glad this it was, was on television. This must have been the week that Jim Cornette talks about on his show all the time, um, about the the week that Shawn Michaels and Triple H went around and apologized to everybody for the curtain call. Because uh, Michaels approached several wrestlers last weekend apologizing for his actions at MSG, saying he let down the other WWF wrestlers by screwing up his priorities and getting caught up in the moment. No word on whether he acted on his own or was asked to apologize by WWF management. Obviously, Sean was asked to apologize by WWF oh, management. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then after they were done apologizing, he ran to miss someone. You know that was all Hunter's fault, right? He right, yeah. <laughs> we all know Hunter was the one who took the, the brunt of that. You know, I, I don't know how anybody could say Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Helmsley buried people, you know, throughout his career. Because for like three years of his career, he was buried himself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the, the Mr. Perfect uh, feud. And then, okay, he's Intercontinental Champion, but then he lost that quickly to Rocky Maivia. And, you know, and then the Ultimate Warrior bullshit at WrestleMania 12. Yeah, (laughs) the uh, let's see here. There's only maybe one more news item in the WWF gangsters in paradise. Sam and Matthew Onaway spent more than a month stalking Fatu, but won't go any further in WWF storylines. They were let go by the WWF and they showed up at the ECW arena on June 1st. I I remember I remember at the time being interested in that, you know. I was too because it was like okay, it's it's uh, uh, Samu. I thought it was Samu coming back, which it was. Mm-hmm. And now there's a new Samoan, so okay, that adds to it too. And I was like, okay, where's this going? And then one week on ECW, I hear Joey Styles yell, "It's the Samoan Gangster Party," and I'm like, where the fuck did they come from? <laughs> you know, well, were, were um, they just on Raw? <laughs> Samu, um, notoriously, I should say. He had a substance abuse problem at this time. And um, the crazy thing is, like, when you read that, the other Samoan is Rosie. So you don't realize, I know he's gone now, obviously he's passed away, but you don't, you didn't realize how long Rosie had been in professional wrestling before he right. finally got into like three minute warning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Like that dude was a fucking vet by the right. time he got there. <laughs> right. Yeah, because three minute warning. Let me see. Three minute warning was a oh three, so that was seven years after this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So let's see here what happened on Raw this week. Also, oh, go ahead. Rakishi Fatu or Fatu. Let's make a difference, Fatu. Um, third worst theme song ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what they were saying at the beginning of it. Hey! <laughs> hey! Yeah, let's do it! Let's make a difference, girl! Yeah, fucking alright! With, with, <laughs> with all respect to Rikishi, he, he got over with the Rikishi gimmick. 
but after he left the Head Shrinkers, I mean, I don't know what was worse, the Re- Make a Difference Spot 2 or the Sultan, but I think it make has a to difference be spot, spot 2. I have no idea what they said at the beginning of that. It's like I'm sure I'm sure it, it's I, I'm sure it had well wishes and wanted to make a difference, but I don't know what you're telling me to do. <laughs> hey, let's get up. Fuck off. Do you think the idea was that Samu and Rosie were coming in as they were the, drug dealers. Right. They were the guys that Fatu was trying to protect the kids against and the, the people of his community. Do you think maybe there was an opportunity for Fatu to turn heel? And you know you know what I mean? Or would he yeah. have stayed a good guy if they would have went through with that storyline? I, I don't know, I but I guess like we'll never season, know. But... Yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I remember being intrigued by it back then. The Raw on June 3rd, 1996, was taped May 27th in Fayetteville, North Carolina. They opened the show with footage of Goldust giving Ahmed mouth-to-mouth last week. <laughs> God, that was so bad. <laughs> Steve Austin defeated Bob Holly. Um... Let's see here. Footage aired from last week when Jerry Lawler got between Ultimate Warrior and the ring, thus Warrior was counted out. We got the Lawler uh, Warrior feud going on here. Mankind beat Barry Horowitz. Um, Let's see here. It it is funny. It says after the commercial, they recap the Goldust Ahmed angle, blah, blah, blah. Goldust, Goldust said he did what any caring individual would do. I only did what came natural, he said. Hold on. Then he ate some chocolate <laughs> and said the taste was exhilarating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was... this was. They were really trying to go to that Attitude Era. That's why I say it all the time, man. The, the Attitude Era started with gold dust. But they were really... He should have said... Though. He should have said... Belts in your mouth but not in your hands. (laughs) I'm sure he did at one point, Eric. I'm sure during that ugly feud, it was, that was done. I remember back then, like this, this was the weirdest thing. Like, what do I want to say? I don't even want to say weird, but like the most striking thing they did with the early Goldust character was that almost like bad porn or grindhouse version of Piper's Pit that he did, mm-hmm. where it was like the the weird camera cuts and the thing with yeah. the back. Like I was like, man, that is like some avant garde. Like some whoever wrote that was a, a higher thinker than most of the guys that write shit for that company. You know, I I used to. I just remember all... seeing him. I just remember seeing him the first time, and they. I know you saw it too, and you might not remember this, but. We're like, oh, Dustin Rose is going to the WWF, and then he showed up. Both of us were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like, not like, neither one of us were like, oh, this is stupid, or I don't agree with this. Both of us were just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then he showed up, like, like on his vignettes, he had long hair, and then he comes out, and then he ripped his hair off, and we're like, what the fuck? What is happening? The top hat, like when he first yeah. when he first came in, he had the gold top I, hat. <laughs> I always found it hysterical that it wasn't just black lipstick, but it was a black nose underneath, 
and yeah. his ears were painted black too. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to accentuate the face, parts of his face that shouldn't have been accentuated, and it made it funnier looking. You know, I used to watch Raw with my granddad at Raw and Nitro, and we'd usually watch Raw and then, you know, watch Nitro tapes unless Goldust was on. And then my granddad would like shout a curse word and kill the channel and put on Nitro. <laughs> he'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" And he'd go click, and I'd be like, "Okay, I guess we ain't watching Raw anymore." You know. <laughs> <laughs> The the Godwins beat Techno Team 2000. My favorite tag team ever. <laughs> On a list of 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Chad Fortune it. and Eric Watts. Yep. Or what, the, now, what did they call them? Trent and Trevor or Trevor Trent and... and Trevor, yep. Yeah. Now, WWE saw how badly WCW used Eric Watts. And then they brought him in and were like, we're going to make you a spaceman. From the future, and we're not a man because Bill was coming. They were trying to get Bill. Yeah, but not only that, we're going to team you up with the guy who's going to be the demon later on in WCW. (laughs) And Eric was like, "Okay, all right, all right." You know, it was bad. Vince McMahon interviewed Clarence Mason. McMahon shifted away from the alienation of affection lawsuit, saying that it was thrown out. But talk to Mason about a new lawsuit against Gorilla Monsoon for roughhousing him two weeks earlier on Raw. Yeah, that was I liked Clarence show. Mason. He was the epitome of a slimy lawyer. It was, it was great. <laughs> you know. And Jake Roberts beat Hunter Hearst Helmsley to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. Now, here you go. Vince McMahon during the match said, No longer associated with the WWF in any manner are Big Daddy Cool Diesel and the bad guy Razor Ramon. It has been reported both of these individuals intend to pawn themselves off as the stars they once were here in the WWF and furthermore perpetuate some ruse. They still represent the WWF while actually yep. under contract to a rival organization. Yep. <laughs> and Kevin Nash was like, I don't give a fuck. What? <laughs> boom, right. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> this, is, this is me. I ain't playing the character. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> Which is the truth. Okay, Scott Hall used a phony accent to be Razor Ramon. So all he had to do was drop the accent, but it was still Scott Hall. But Kevin Nash was, was Kevin Nash or Diesel. He didn't yeah. have to change anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all he was wearing a wig and, you know, pretending to be a seven-foot-tall guy. It was, it was the same thing. Yeah, you know, I, I always, and I've, I've always said on the, the conflict between the WCW and the WWF over this whole thing at this time is, first of all, Vince looked like... Vince looked silly because of all the shit that he had done in the eighties to other promotions and stuff. And, you know, he never, he never, you know, anyway, he never compensated Bill Watts for stealing JYD or anything, you know, but Bischoff can say everything he wants to say about Nash and Hall coming to WCW, but Bischoff is completely and utterly full of shit when he says he was not trying to pass it off like the oh. WWF was invading. Oh, he does that now. He's like, we weren't, that's not what we were trying to do. Our story right. was two bitter former WCW guys coming back and getting revenge against the promotion. No, Eric, you were trying to play it the, off like these guys were invading from the, the WWF. The opening line of Scott Hall's first promo proves how bullshit that is. You know who I am. Don't but you don't know why, I'm, know why I'm, here. I'm here. Exactly. If you want a war, 
you got a warrant. What does that mean? Right. You're exactly. You're coming from the <laughs> and you're going to start a war. Yeah. Every you know? time I every time I hear Bischoff try to lay out that line, I'm like, ah, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> if, if Vince wouldn't have stopped them, and they would have continued with that ruse and making it look like they were both former WWE, they were WWF guys coming in. When mm-hmm. Hogan would have turned, it would have been even bigger because all her, Hogan would have had those said it was, and Vince sent me here. You know what I mean? It would have looked right. like it was all made up from the beginning when Hogan got there in 93, 94. Mm-hmm. But Vince yeah. stopping it stopped them dead in their tracks. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah, like I said, every time he says it, I'm like, ah, you're full of shit. Yeah. All right. And he's, you know, it is what it is. It, it is what it was, what it was. A wrestling promoter full of shit. Ooh, you watch Dark Side of the Ring, don't you? Yes. Okay, did you see Collision in Korea yet? The one that was on a couple weeks ago? No, I have not. Okay, well, during it, he's like, and we had 105,000 people vote nights, and I did that. And then I'm watching these guys say, but we were afraid for our life. We thought they might murder us. They weren't letting us leave. They didn't let us have a passport. We couldn't use the phone. I'm like, so you put your people in danger so you could say you booked the biggest wrestling match ever? Right. Like, that's not something to brag about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. All right, we'll roll into WCW news from 25 years ago. Oh, look at this. We got a we got a WCW Saturday night and main event TV taping. Ooh. May 29th in Dalton, Georgia. Oh, with an with a estimated 1,200 folk near sellout. Okay. Footage was taped for WCW Saturday night main event and main event. Lex Luger beat Dick Slater with a torture rack. Okay. The Booty Man beat, beat Mark Kyle. Damn. It, this is funny. I don't know who wrote this, but it's kind of funny. The Booty Man beat, with the Booty Girl beat Mark Kyle. Okerlund interviewed the booties. <laughs> <laughs> you sure he did. At the oh, strip club. After the show. Yep. <laughs> Ric Flair and Arn Anderson with Woman and Elizabeth beat Scott and Steve Armstrong. I bet that was a good match. Probably. Okerlin interviewed Flair, Anderson, Woman, and Liz. They hyped the bash event, and Flair promised a surprise for the football players next week. Kevin Sullivan, managed Jimmy, managed by Jimmy Hart, beat Al Phillips. Okerlin interviewed Sullivan and Hart. Sullivan warned Chris Benoit that he already took care of another horseman, Brian Pillman. The American Males beat Pat Tanaka and Kurosawa. What a weird tag team. <laughs> I guess Max Moon had the night off. Remember when Shark was doing this? Okerlin interviewed the Shark, who was still sporting a half-shaved head. Yep. Yeah. I'm a man, not a fish. Not a fish. <laughs> that was the sentence that he said. I'm a man, not a fish. He announced that he is tired of nicknames and should not be called Big John Tenta. Or sh- yeah, should not be called Big John Tenta. He swore revenge on Big Bubba. Tenna fought Rogers to a double countout. And then later on this year, Big Bubba and John Tenta had a match, had a pole match. These two guys for a are going to have a match, boys. are going to climb a pole. Yeah. No, they didn't, Aaron. Well, <laughs> they're, they're, they're supposed to climb a pole. In theory, in theory, one of these okay. big fucks is supposed to climb a pole. And then they were like, well, I guess Jimmy's going to climb it. We're going to have a pole match between a 400-pounder and a 350-pounder. Okay, fine. Well, no problem. But let's make the pole 20 feet in the air. Who was climbing that? 
Who was getting up that high? <laughs> you know, it wasn't Sting versus Brian Pillman. It was John Tenta versus the Big Papa. It's ridiculous. You know, ridiculous. Um, Diamond Dallas Page beat Cobra. Lee Marshall interviewed Diamond Dallas Page regarding his bash match against Marcus Bagwell. Fire and Ice beat the Blue Bloods. Fire and Ice, of course, Scott Norton and Ice Train. Yep. Sting Sting beat Johnny Grunge. In main main event matches. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. Johnny Grunge actually got a match with Sting in his career? Mm -hmm. He sure did. I thought he just... Fought the nasty boys every week in the crowd. <laughs> it went la da da da. Right. <laughs> and then they bre- tried to break a table and it wouldn't break for them. La da 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 da. We like to party. We like to get up and get down. <laughs> that was the lyric. Listen to Reliving the Extreme, everyone. <laughs> in, ma- in matches tape for the main event, Pittman, Craig Pittman obviously beat Barbarian. Kevin Sullivan beat Rick Fargo. In tryout matches, Prince Iakea beat the Gambler. Gambler, by the way, one of my favorite jabronis of all time. I like the Gambler. Chavito Guerrero beat Pat Pat Tanaka. Are you kidding me? All right, hold on. (laughs) The Dark Finale. This is the last match of this event that they gave the, the, the public as they were ready to Probably get the fuck out of there. Right. The American males beat high voltage. I'd be ready to leave with that back too. I might beat the traffic and just get out of there. But listen to this. Like, all right, we okay. We just heard all of that, right? All of that. And I was like, man, these poor people. This is they've sat here for four or five hours and this is the main event they got. Listen to this shit, man. They're putting these matches in and out like cattle. The taping was efficient starting at 7 p.m. and ending before 9.15. How did they cram all this in two hours? They they filmed like 12 matches in two hours and 15 minutes? Yeah, and interviews. And I probably had an intermission, too. Wow. God damn, that is efficiency. I kind of respect that. Right. Damn. This is what we're giving them? Eh. Let's try to make it two hours or so. Work <laughs> on your time management, <laughs> Jimmy Hart. Once the, once the American males and high voltage get out, get out there, they're going to want to go home. So cut it to two, two hours. We're good. Jesus. I'm trying to see here if there's any, WC, any other WCW news of note to talk about here. Diamond Dallas Page versus Booty Man for the Bash has been changed to Page versus Marcus Pagwell. Uh, and here's the thing. Since Page is in the midst of a considerable push and Booty Man has enough political clout to avoid doing certain jobs, it's possible the match was changed so Page could get a clean win. Could you imagine me and Page? Be like, at the beginning of the week, hey, Page, you're going to wrestle Booty Man. God damn it. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, Paige. Hey, hey, you, you don't have to wrestle Booty Man. Oh, thank God. Uh, who am I working? Oh, Marcus Bagwell. Well, <laughs> God damn it. Right. <laughs> right. That, you know, I remember when that feud between him and Booty Man started, 
and it only started because Mark Merrow left to go to the WWE, Johnny B. Bad. And all I remember thinking was, so they, they replaced Little Richard with Brutus Beefcake in the worst gimmick ever. Mm-hmm. And it never got better. It no. Got where they added Kimberly as the booty babe, and it just never got better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if adding Kimberly Bacon doesn't make it better, you no. know it's really bad. <laughs> I could look at her all day. I don't give a fuck. She didn't do anything, though. She just sat there and went, yay. All she needs to do. <laughs> hey, when she was Kimber B, with Eric Bischoff, she was great. Sting, Giant, and Flair will work New Japan dates July 16th and 17th. It has been it has been discussed that Flair and Savage will put their differences aside to fight <clears throat> Team WWF, as Archie and I were just discussing. And last but not least, a little seed planted here, WCW may pursue a full-time deal with ECW regular Chris Jericho. So there's that. Yep. And we'll talk about Nitro here real quick, and then we'll take a break. All right. The results from Nitro. Live from Asheville, North Carolina on this week. John Tenta fought Big Bubba, these guys, just working together. Yeah. Um, They were were stuck together. John Tenta fought Big Bubba to a no contest when Tenta chased Bubba with a pair of scissors. You know, sometimes when you read wrestling results, you you realize how ridiculous wrestling is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Two fat guys running around with scissors. Yeah. Get back here. I'm going to cut your hair. Get back here. The Faces of Fear beat High Voltage. Gene Oakland interviewed Sting and Lex Luger. Luger was trying to justify his actions last week to Sting. Rick and Scott Steiner then interrupted. And the Sting and Luger thing. Man, yeah. I'm glad the NWO happened just so the Sting and Luger shit would end. They started oh, this at the beginning of Nitro. Every week, Hogan and the Savage don't trust Luger. What's up with Luger, man? Right. What's up with Luger, brother? <laughs> and then fucking every week. And well, then, then in, John... nine, in, in 99, they flipped it. Luger <laughs> was like, you can't sting. You can't trust Hogan. And Hogan was like, Luger's full of shit. Right. You know what I mean? They flipped it. It was just, ugh. <laughs> and poor Sting, he was just like, he's my friend. I got like I said, I've, I've said it. I've said it for years. Sting's biggest downfall was picking friends, man. Yep. Every fucking teammate he ever picked fucking turned on him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Craig Pittman beat Disco Inferno. That Lord Stephen Regal. Lord <laughs> Stephen Regal pinned Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ugh. Uh, let's see. Yeah. At this point, you know, I like Jim Duggan. Don't get me wrong, but at this point. I and like you know what? God, God, whatever. God bless him. Duggan collected that fucking paycheck. You know Good what, though? Him. That the stupidity of every match him trying to tape his hand, and for some reason that being outlawed, you know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. the ref caught him, he got disqualified, but the ref wouldn't catch This is what he would tape his hand, punch his opponent, pin him, and then the ref would raise the hand with the tape. Shouldn't that have been an automatic disqualification then? Absolutely. You know what I mean? But if he <laughs> caught him taping his hand, disqualified it's over he didn't even hit him yet what do you mean you know it, that was just bad booking in wcw kevin sullivan beat prince iakea okerland interviewed sullivan and jimmy hart hart told sullivan they have the giant so why do they need to align themselves with the four horsemen sullivan said there are two stars in wcw the first one 
the legal department could deal with. The other is with Hulk Hogan. All right. Quick question. Wait a Mm -hmm. second. When Sullivan went up against Prince Ikea, was that the first time he went somebody that he could actually look eye to eye with? (laughs) Because if I remember correctly, Prince Ikea was like five foot tall, too. It know, might have been. Know. Might have been. Sullivan, but what you want to spend the night together? <laughs> Ric Flair and Arn Anderson defeated the Rock and Roll Express. I don't know that why. Match. I well, yeah, and I was going to say, I know this was a good match because this is one of the matches and one of the times. Like, there is so many years of the Monday Night Wars that there are certain matches or moments or whatever that stick in your head that maybe shouldn't because technically they were throwaway moments. This match sticks out in my head, not only because it was a good match, but because they set off the fireworks mm-hmm. for hour number two while the match was going on. Right. You and know, Aaron Anderson jumped back and Flair turned mm-hmm. over to look around and it was just weird. Giant but pinned ice. Oh, sorry. Giant pinned ice train in 28 seconds. So apparently that was just a come at you choke slam. Uh, let's see. Hugh Morris was scheduled. Hugh Morris was scheduled to face Norton in the next match after a commercial. Scott Norton was still on his back because he had gotten choke slammed by the Giants. Sorry. Right. Also, um, and then uh, Hugh Morris pinned Norton. Rick and Scott Steiner fought Lex Sting and Lex Luger. Go figure. To a no contest. And let's see. That's about it for Nitro. Well, and then at the end of this was the angle with Sting, with Scott Hall and Sting, yep, on the uh, on the on the announce booth talking about uh, Scott Hall talking about his big buddy coming in next week. So Sting we're about to see Kevin him. Nash. Yeah, Sting bitch slaps him, and then for some reason the following week Bischoff gets all puffy chested and like, "Where's this big man?" Where is he? And Kevin Nash is behind him like, I'm right here. Yeah, like he couldn't smell Kevin Nash's Old Spice behind him. You know, it's like we all (laughs) knew Nash was going. We all found it. And Bischoff acted like they didn't, you know, the surprise was like, you know. But Nash's delivery of his promo after that is just as good as Hall's when Hall does the, you know, who Mm -hmm. I am promo. When Nash says, look at the adjective, play. And you know what I mean? It was just perfectly done. Mm-hmm. And they were really selling the fact that they were there to take over, and I guess that was we, why WWE brought them in. And we will talk about it in the weeks to come on the on the actual twenty five years ago show, and we will discuss, and I'm sure we will get into it. But those of you that are younger fans that maybe didn't live through the Monday Night Wars, and I mean you know of it, you've seen it on the network, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I guarantee you, Aaron, Archie, and I all feel the same way. At this time, in this moment, this shit was fucking cool. Like oh, as, yeah. a res- as a as a young wrestling fan, you're like, "What is going on? What I is going on? Fucking idea what's happening!" <laughs> yep. And it just kept getting cooler. Yes, you know, even yes. People could say this is the groundswell for the for yeah. the Attitude Era and the NWO era and stuff. This was like, oh man, what a cool time to be a right. wrestling fan. Right. We this got was like four weeks before the Austin. 16 promo. Yeah, not even. Yeah, this is, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, that was the barn burner of what it was supposed to be when he, and then that line. And then after that, it's the Hogan heel turn and we're off to fucking races, baby. It's like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) My world is upside down. (laughs) All I know is, is that nothing that I knew is a thing now. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
times as a younger man, a teenager, in my life when I found it hard to find things like you would find in Toys Now and Walmart. Mm-hmm. Austin delivers the 316 promo. Three weeks later, that shirt comes out, and I can't find it anywhere. And then the NWO comes out, and they got the NWO black and white shirt, and I can't find that anywhere. <laughs> as a grown man, I have them now, but as yeah. a 14-year-old, I couldn't find them <laughs> no matter high water. Well, we will take a break now, guys. When we come back, I'm sure the next the next half won't be as long because all we have to cover really still now is some ECW stuff and the independent. I love reading independent results. So do I. Some of the names and stuff. I'm sure we're going to have some goofy names to read. But we will return on this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Looking back 25 years ago in pro wrestling right after this. Hey, this is a national treasure and the real world's champion, Nick Aldis. And just when you thought that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken, Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode number 136. Nate, Aaron, and Archie here with you. And we were talking about what was going on in pro wrestling back 25 years ago, bringing back those memories. And this show is a preview of a show that is going to be weekly on WrestleNet Radio. So while you're listening to this, go to your Google Play Store and download the WrestleNet Radio app for your Android device. Or go to the WrestleNet Radio Facebook page and use the link provided to open this up in your Safari browser on your Apple phone. This show, I think, will wind up probably occupying the Friday night primetime spot on the We Can't Wrestle or the you, uh, Wrestle, Wrestle Net Radio. Fuck you, Apple. Fuck you, Apple. There, but not fuck you because you're, you're letting our podcast be on. Um, many, many bad thoughts for you, Apple. Right. <laughs> Hope your next but yeah, we're, blows up. We're, we're talking about the news from 25 years ago. Let's talk about some ECW here, um, which uh, also you can hear us talk about ECW from whenever ago on the reliving the extreme podcast with ecw's chad austin but let's hear some news from ecw and then they had a apparently a bigger card this week back in 96 the ecw notebook here june 8th in redding pennsylvania that's apparently coming up from here features raven versus sandman for the ecw title shane douglas versus pitbull number two the eliminators versus the gangsters for the tag titles sabu versus devin storm Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Lee in a fall count anywhere match, and the Pitbulls versus the Bruise Brothers in a no DQ match. Damn, that sounds like a great card all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, with a smile. Let's see here. Divine Brown made famous by providing services for Hugh. Yeah, Grant. she sucked Hugh Grant's penis. <laughs> now we're going back into like the the tabloids from the nineties. <laughs> she appeared on the June first ECW card. ECW she was, contact. Uh, she was Stevie Richards' girlfriend, wasn't she? 
I think so, I think day, you're right. Yeah, for like a day. Um, ECW contacted her agent and ran her pimp and pimp, ran down yeah, their idea. Yeah. For contacted you. her pimp, New, New Jack, hard, buddy, hard so body hey. Harrison. <laughs> ECW contacted hard body Harrison. This would wind up being sooner than is reported here. Fall is the slated goal for ECW running their first pay-per-view, or actually later, I guess, because we're in June. Plans are still for it to take place on a Friday and air 48 hours later on pay-per-view. ECW is interested in getting a title sponsor who would help absorb expenses. Paulie would like that. And make it more likely to be a profitable show. We know that uh, the show would not, barely legal, would not be until April of 97. Right. And Vince was that sponsor. (laughs) Yeah, yes, he was. (laughs) Sandman had orthoscopic surgery on his knee last Friday. If he isn't able to come wrestle at this coming weekend's shows, Chris Jericho may replace him in the ECW title match. Too Cold Scorpio was hospitalized after the May 31st event with a staph infection in one of his legs. He had his knee drained a few days earlier and thus may have to be ha, may have been more susceptible to an infection. Let's see what else is going on. The announced lineup thus for the June 22nd Hardcore Heaven 96 at ECW Arena has Sabu versus Rob Van Dam, Taz versus Paul Varalons. Bar- yes, Varlons? UFC fighter Varlins. Uh, Varlins. Yes, he's Tom the Dan- one. He's the one that they uh, wanted Taz to choke out. Okay, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't do it. Yep, and yep. Um, Missy said, "If you do it, I'll give you a blowjob after the match." And then he let Taz choke him out. And then when he got to the back, Missy said, I don't blow job. I don't blow job, guys. So why would I do that to you? <laughs> yep. Yep. Good job, Missy Hyatt. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking pro wrestler move right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. She, she, she said, if you go out there, like, he wanted Paul Voorhees or whatever would not lose. He said, I won't do it. And Missy said, I'll suck you off if you do it. And she said, I don't, I don't blow job. I don't, I don't blow job guys. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. Also, that, was heart- Paul, that was Paul and Missy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking working together, man. <laughs> also advertised for hardcore heaven. 96 Tommy dream Tommy dreamer and Brian Lee in a weapons match. And Shane Douglas versus Pitbull number two for the ECW TV title. Yep. <clears throat> Sabu beat Hack Myers June second and June first in at oh. Big Japan cards. Yeah. I always Sab- like Hack. Yep. Um, we have got to Archie. Did you ever hear Chad Austin's story? It was actually on We Can't Wrestle episode one hundred about Hack Myers <coughs> and him. Like Hack Myers working him a match in Hack Myers' front yard. Yep. Like Hack, he said Hack Myers was fighting him, but he was working the whole fight. <laughs> like he wasn't like the punches he were landing was were working punches, and that's just a great story. Go back it and is, listen to episode one hundred, folks, because it's fantastic. That's all the ECW news. Let's get to so all the ECW news. Is- Bunch of staff infections and blowjobs. Sounds like yep, ECW. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> Sounds like ECW. All right. We have a couple 
of ECW shows here, one on May 31st and one on June 1st that has some controversy with Brian Pillman and New Jack that apparently led to a backstage altercation. I didn't know about this. Okay. But uh, let's see here. May 31st in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania at the Lulu Temple. ECW prevented a presented a live show. Um, there was a battle royal. The order of elimination during the opening match battle royal determined who would face who would face who on the rest of the card. That's an interesting concept. Okay. Two Cold Scorpio won the battle royal, thus earning an ECW title match. Eliminator Cronus was the runner up, thus receiving a TV title shot. TV title match: Shane Douglas beat Eliminator Cronus. Um, semi-main event Taz fought Sandman to a no contest and Sandman is with Missy Hyatt the ECW title match Raven beat Two Cold Scorpio and in other bouts Pitbull number 2 beat Eliminator Saturn Saturn bled heavily during the match Devon Dudley beat Bubba Ray Dudley with Sign Guy with Sign Guy, Chubby and DW in about 20 seconds this was that time where deep before they started being a tag team where Devon was like the babyface uh-huh. Dudley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, New he was Jack- like, De- Devon was the was the heel Dudley. He was smacking Bubba around because Bubba was right, stuttering. Right. And he was he was making tougher. Yeah, and dances with wolves Dudley, that's DW. Mm-hmm. He he was doing like a Tataka gimmick. The fucking Dudleys yep. were great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially, especially, like, okay, and, and I'm not discounting them as the tag team in the in the WWF or whatever, but early Dudleys, amazing. Oh, yeah. Great television. New Jack beat Brian Lee. That's right, terrible. <laughs> I'm surprised they let Brian Lee lose back then in that match. Don Harris Brian beat. Didn't lose a lot. Don Harris beat Ron Harris. I assume that has something to do with the order of the, of the Battle Royal deal. Right. Mikey Whipwreck beat Stevie Richards with Blue Meanie. Bad Crew 1 beat Bad Crew 2. Damn. Devin Storm and Damien beat up the crew after. I assume that's Damien uh, uh, Kane. Uh, Damian Kane, yes. Yes. All right. So let's go to this one. So, all right. Let me get the news thing back up here because essentially what happened backstage confrontation at the June 1st ECW arena event Brian Pillman used the n-word in referring to the gangsters either in the context of comparing the gangsters to rap group NWA or just in general no matter what the context New Jack responded behind the scenes when Pillman returned from the interview segment via a wheelchair New Jack approached him Immediately, wrestlers and management stepped between them and pulled New Jack away to the other side of the locker room. New Jack began screaming at Pillman and for several minutes expressed anger at Pillman's racial slur. Later, New Jack was given interview time in the ring to vent his anger, where he ripped on Pillman and criticized ECW management for letting Pillman say what he did. Damn. So now we'll go into that card. Can I say what I feel about that? Yes. Uh Neither one of the guys, obviously, are still around to say it, but that was a fucking word. Probably. With the, with, with the guys involved, I agree. I agree. And the they word. were. Yeah. And Pillman was the king of working the boys. Yeah. It was a work. 
had to be. So the event that that we're talking about is June first, ninety six, Philadelphia Arena, the EC, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania ECW Arena. Live attendance one thousand one hundred fifty. Turn away crowd. Damn. Too cold didn't. Too cold. Scorpio didn't wrestle because he was hospitalized. They offered refunds and everybody accepted the offer and left. That's the sarcastic comment from the the reporter here. But they obviously didn't. And Devin Storm with Damian Kane and Lady Lady Alexandria beat El Puerto Rico. El Puerto Rico. I can never say that name because I just want to say Puerto Rico. El Puerto Ricano. Rob Van Dam. Ram. Rob Van Dam pinned Mikey Whipwreck. Poor Mikey. Joey Styles interviewed Pillman, and there's where we have our uh, Brian Pillman interview. The FBI, J.T. Smith and Little Guido. Defeated Devon Dudley and Bubba Ray Dudley with Sign Guy Dudley, Chubby Dudley, and D.W. Dudley. <laughs> they, they travel in a pack here. All right. Joey Styles interviewed Stevie Richards and Raven. Richards said he found the most disgusting, ugly girl he could find, and then he brought out a woman called Divine Brown. Raven said he hasn't been with enough people. She hasn't been with enough people and refused to accept her and left the ring. <laughs> This is when, okay, this was before I think Beulah came in, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were tra- he was trying to find Raven a girl to be with. And, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I love the dynamic of Stevie Richards and Raven. Yes. I always thought that dynamic of Stevie just always just trying to make Raven like him, essentially, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Just always trying to make Raven like him. And then in return, Stevie is and, and this is the this is the deep storytelling of, that I love of Paul Heyman as a booker. Because Paul Heyman doesn't just say this is a wrestling gimmick. Paul Heyman says this is a everything with Paul is an ex- exploration of human psychology. Right. Okay. In that Stevie Richards is trying to constantly win the approval of Raven but because he has low self-esteem he goes out and gets the blue meanie who is constantly trying to get the approval of Stevie Richards you right. know he wants his he wants his own toady so he's got his own toady right and you know it's just i mean there's layers to although you can say it's comedic or you whatever you can call it there's so many layers to Polly's storytelling that are so much fun mm-hmm. do you agree with me Aaron or did you hear what i was saying what was that <laughs> Oh, just like the the Stevie Raven. The fact, the fact the fact that Stevie is always trying to get Raven's um, uh, approval. approval, but and like I told Archie, the beauty of of Paulie's storytelling is it's not just storytelling; it's it's psychology. Because of Stevie's low self esteem, he goes out and gets his own toady that constantly wants his approval as the blue meanie. Yeah. You know, like, and and it's like, projecting. and it's how you're saying, like, and Raven is smacking Stevie around, not because he hates Stevie, but because he hates himself. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, well, this guy's more pathetic than I am. Right. Like, Raven, Raven ultimately thinks he's a pathetic human being. And it's um, later on. And I don't want to. This might be out of left field or whatever. When Raven started feuding with Terry Funk, 
he was shooting with Funk, and he said, "I I hate Terry Funk." I well, not he. I'll, I'll flip it around. He said Terry Funk reminds me of my father. Right. Mm-hmm. Terry Funk reminds me of my dad. And you know what? I hated my fucking father. So I'm gonna beat the shit out of him. You know. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like. Raven had nobody in his entire childhood to beat on because everybody's beating on him, and then he finds this little fucking toady that's worse than he is, and he's got to <laughs> smack him around. And then fucking Stevie finds this fat little blue guy; he's gonna smack him around. And, mm. and yeah, and and yeah. But the the dynamic between Meanie and and Stevie, Stevie didn't really treat Meanie all that bad because. They were buddies, you know what I mean? They the BWO, and, you know, they became tag team champions together. Yeah, because eventually Stevie was the guy at the bottom of the barrel that was like, hey. <laughs> right. You treat I, that guy like I you treated me. I wanted Stevie to have the comeuppance story and be like, you know what? I don't care about Raven. And they tried it a couple of times, but they never let Stevie get over Raven. You know, he never actually beat Raven. So mm-hmm. I think if they would have, it might have led the ECW arena to feel good about Stevie. And if they would have given him a title shot or a title run, it might not have been that bad. You know, right. like Raven and Tommy took up a majority of the ECW storylines. And then Raven went to Sandman after that and attacked him and took his family. So there was always something left undone between Raven and Stevie. You know, I don't know. Next. Next on this show, Taz beat Jason Helton in a shoot rules match, which uh, leads to a angle with Taz and this Paul. What? How did Barlins. you pronounce his last name? Barlins. Yes. The Pitbulls. The uh, arena and jumped in the ring, and Taz said, "I don't sweat you." And then, like you said, they they started to book the match, and Paul almost pulled out three times of the match. Because he didn't want to, you know, they told me you're going to lose to yeah, now. <laughs> and Paul wanted to pull out of Missy, but it never right. got to happen. Never yeah, it never happened. <laughs> the Pitbulls and Tommy Dreamer beat the Bruise Brothers and Brian Lee. Raven beat Pitbull number two to retain the ECW Heavyweight Championship. The Sandman with Missy Hyatt. And that dude was built like a shit brick house, man. What's that? Pitbull 2? And, and I won't interrupt it anymore, but Pitbull no, it's okay. 2. That's what Pitbull we're here two. for, to have a discussion. Pitbull 2 was built like a fucking shit brick house. Oh, yeah. And if if he would have had his head on right and not been um, as much of a drug abuser as he was, I shouldn't say as he was. I mean, it, he is, what it, is. it is what it is. If that guy would have had his head on straight and been able to focus and become a better worker, he, he could have done something well, they, with they gave, or, they gave with him the TV title for a little bit. Well, I'm, I, I'm not even saying he's done like like if he would have had his head on straight and been able to work and oh, yeah. stay focused, he could have done something with Vince or Bischoff. I think I think the, I think they both could have as a team, and as a matter of fact, and I guess we'll cover this in November because <laughs> this is a twenty-five years ago show. I think they wind up the Pitbulls actually have a dark match or a tryout match at Survivor Series '96. Yes, yes, um, they do. And, and yeah, I always thought those guys would have fit in perfectly in the WWF. Yeah, but Anthony Durani could have been some. I, if I'm not mistaken, though, 
during the tryout, they hurt the person they were wrestling, one of the guys they were in the ring with. Not badly, but they were, you know, they their style wasn't WWF style at the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that scared Vince to think, what if these guys end up in the ring with one of my big names and they end up crippling him? Or right. he's got to be gone for three months and he just didn't sign him. You know, he told Paulie, I can't use him. There's nothing I can do with him. So. Sandman beat Lord Stevie Richards with Squire Blue Meanie. Yes. <laughs> as the as the Blue Bloods. Then we have the New Jack interview. Joey Styles interviewed New Jack. Jack did a convincing interview regarding Pillman's comments earlier. He said that when he came to ECW, Paulie told him to leave the racial stuff in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, yet violated that by letting Pillman say what he said. He it said he worked. He said he wanted to get a pill. He wanted to get at Pillman for calling him and Mustafa the N word, and adding, "You can write this in the sheets." He said, "Leave this piece of shit out of ECW." As he ripped on Pillman, the crowd popped. He dared Pillman to call him in the ring, uh, call him that in the ring. Um, so yeah, I agree with Aaron. I think New Jack and Jack and Brian were probably working here. And here's the thing. They never mentioned it on ECW television. Mm-hmm. You know, like Joey Styles didn't go, like, during a June 1st show in, here in the ECW arena, which that's what Joey Styles would do every week, you know, New Jack and Ryan Pillman had a racial war. You know, that would have made for interesting television. Right. When you told it me probably would have. And the reason, they, the reason they didn't is Ryan got signed before that happened. Yeah, because Ryan, Ryan got signed around in this for time. a couple of weeks. Been there a couple of weeks. At least they could have told the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But it is what it is. You know what I mean. It was still. I guarantee. And if if they would have, I guarantee that if they filmed all this shit, Vince probably told Polly, "Don't just sign this guy. Don't use that." Yeah, you might be right. I, I don't want. I don't want him. I don't want him connected. Like, let Brian do whatever he wants to do, but don't connect him to any kind of N-word type situation. Yeah, you may be right about that. The next the next thing I'm going to read, I'm going to read the description because it's not just a match. It's, it's Shane Douglas, and it leads, it leads through a progression here. Uh, Shane Douglas pins several wrestlers to retain the ECW TV title. Douglas spit on the belt and said over the house mic he was going to have to give all you smart, hardcore fans a great wrestling match. He called for El Puerto Ricano to come out and take him on for the belt. He scored the pinfall on Ricano with a belly-to-belly in about 30 seconds. Douglas then asked someone else to come out, and Donnie Allen came out and got pinned also. The, The fans chanted, we want Taz. Instead, Devin Storm came out and said that all the ECW wrestlers and Douglas are pieces of shit. Douglas belly-to-bellied him. Mikey then came out, Mikey Whipwreck, and Douglas locked on a sharpshooter-style hold for submission in about 30 seconds. He wouldn't let go of the hold. Pitbull number two came out with Francine. Douglas called him a a pussy and said Francine was an ugly bitch. Francine slapped him. Douglas belly-to-belly suplexed her. And then we get Pitbull number two defeating Shane Douglas for the TV title. And this yep. is ECW, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's a segment right there. But the there, crowd guys. popped for it, though. That was the, it was, it was the Douglas had just crippled Gary Wolf a couple of weeks, you know, a month before. Mm-hmm. So it was what the crowd wanted was that feel-good moment for Pitbull number two. And there was even a moment when 
<coughs> Pitbull number one, Gary Wolf, came back to ECW wearing the halo, and Douglas grabs it and shakes him. And all I remember is Joey South going in the lowest voice possible, oh, my God, he's going to kill him because mm-hmm. he had the halo in his head. And it was like, Jesus Christ, this is real. That I, was, I you know. That was the first. That was that was the first thing. Okay, and this is to put in perspective, Archie, you're on the East Coast. Aaron and I are in Ohio, and you probably saw ECW before we did. Probably. I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind you did. To my understanding, I think we were a month behind on what they taped. You know, well, no, 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 no. I'm saying in general. Yeah, yeah, I'm, general, I'm saying yeah. in general because I had seen ECW in the magazines. Right. But I did not actually really get to see an ECW show until one of our cable systems here got the Sunshine Network. Right. And literally, the first ECW I remember watching was in 96, and it was that Shane Douglas, Gary Wolf angle. Yep. With the, with the, um, with the neck brace deal. Yep. And, and like I said, I remember seeing it in the magazines and, you know, results and pictures and all that. And I don't know about you, Aaron, but that's the first, that's the first ECW I remember seeing, like on TV. Yeah. And it made an impact for it sure. Did. It did. The first ECW show I ever watched, Two Cold Scorpio beat Jason for the TV title. And then the following week, and I remember, like I, I told you guys this when I first started watching, when I first saw it on television, like, hey, I know some of these guys. That guy used to be in WCW. This guy used to be here. That guy used to be there. And that like, guy okay. keeps, and that guy keeps saying, "How do you like my suit?" Right, right, Jason was like the biggest scumbag in all of ECW, and that's saying a lot. That's we give Jason, we give Jason some love on this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme, just so everybody knows. Then the following week, Jason brings in Dean Malenko get back to the TV title and I'd never seen Dean Malenko before in my life mm-hmm. and I went wow this guy is awesome you had you just didn't realize it well, the Malenko yeah, it, it, the Malenko yeah. brothers were in a tag tournament in WCW yep, in like 92 exactly. Exactly. but yeah yeah I know years what you're saying later I remember saying wow I didn't know this guy was in WCW <clears> and, and you know who else was in that tournament Rocco Rock Rocco yep. Rock yep he was <laughs> I, years later I found this out the following week I saw Chris Benoit for the first time even though I had seen him in WCW earlier in like 93, 94. And all I remember saying is, wow, these guys have great talent Mm -hmm. on this roster. And then I started seeing the extreme stuff because the episodes I watched were not as extreme. Right. They they showed the the throwing of the chairs in Terry Funk and McFoley's match with the public enemy and, you know, things of that nature. But then the extreme stuff started to come out more. And I was almost like a zombie watching this going, this is awesome. This is not WWF. This is not WCW. This is so much better. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then one month, that channel went away that I was watching it on. It wasn't MSG and it wasn't the Sunshine Network. That channel just went away from our cable. And all I kept thinking was, why? Why? What what the (laughs) hell's going on here? I want to watch ECW. Like you said, I read about it in the magazines. I have to see this. And then MSG picked it up, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, know you know Jesus. I mean? yeah. And then they signed with <laughs> TNN, and I was like, yes, they have a cable channel now. 
they're going to be they're going to become bigger than anything. And then in 2001, <laughs> they went away, and I was like, shit. <laughs> and, pa- and Paul Heyman and Paul Heyman wrote a new card at WrestleMania 17. Right, exactly. The Eliminators in the main event of this uh, card defeated the Gangsters to capture the ECW Tag Team Championship. Yep. Yep. So here we go. Let's go into to wrap this up, and I I'm really like I'm actually pretty excited about this because. I think this has gone well, and I think this is going to be a cool show every week. I agree. Now that now that we've done it, like getting to dig into the uh, the thing, where was that? Here it is. Let's look at some indie results to wrap it up. Maybe we'll have some funny names. I don't know. I haven't I haven't read this, so I don't know. It could be a fart, and it could be a popcorn fart. We'll see. <laughs> but to wrap up this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, twenty five years ago in pro wrestling. All right. Independent Wrestling Alliance, May 11th in Memphis, Tennessee, at the Lemoon Owen College. That's Laboon. probably a community college. Lemoon. <laughs> anyway, it. Reggie B. Fine beat Trooper Bobby, Bobby Black. Mr. CP beat Street Hawk to win the heavyweight title. Street Jesus Hawk. Christ. <laughs> Street Hawk is your world champ? Not anymore, <laughs> Mr. CP is. <laughs> well, directly after that, the Moondogs and Street Hawk fought Brickhouse Brown and Mr. CP and Sergeant Lewis to a double count out. Sergeant Lewis. Sergeant Lewis. Mr. Chris CP. <laughs> I wonder what CP stood for. Cerebral palsy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. Uh, no wonder. Anyway, nobody right. can pin him because he just keeps moving around. It's like <laughs> settle down, man. Can't pin his shoulders. Oh god. Chris Anthony and Mister USA wrestled the oh. Royal Enforcers to a double countout. Not the Royal Mister USA, Tony Atlas. I don't know. It doesn't. It's just Mister USA. No, it was just Mister USA. It's probably Mister CP under another mask. <laughs> right. You Southern would tell. Chan- you would be able to tell who is Mister Cerebral Palsy. Southern Championship Wrestling, May eleventh in Greenwood, South Carolina, with a uh, a crowd of one hundred and eighty. Nice. <laughs> SWAT. Beat Stone Cold Kid. Wait, SWAT is one person? Yeah, apparently. That doesn't seem right, but okay. Well, it's spelled S-W-A-T, but it's just the S is capitalized. So maybe it's not SWAT like a SWAT team. Maybe it's SWAT like swatting a mosquito. I don't know. Oh, okay. That makes sense then. Mad Max. Mad. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the last. Mad Max Miles. Oh, wow. Beat J.W. Steele to win the SCW Heavyweight Championship. What's up with these shows putting their world title matches as the second match? <laughs> the Desperado and Jake Mulligan beat the House of Pain to win the SCW Tag Titles. Okay. And, and uh, Cerebral Palsy jumped around. <laughs> That's the it for the Pain. SCW. That's the S for the SCW event. Three matches. New, New, Link, 
New England Pro Wrestling, May 11th in Salisbury, Massachusetts at Champs Arena. The Mystic. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Beat Hurricane Paul Stoney. Okay. Hurricane Paul Stoney? Yes, that's his name. Hurricane Paul Stoney. And this was in Salisbury? This was in Salisbury, Massachusetts. What was his name? Wolverine fought Dangerous Donnie to a new contest. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> the interns. Wait, hold on. Hold what? on. Listen, the interns fought Wanderer. <laughs> and is this Mike Lano? Big Dick Lano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. To a double DQ. If it is Mike Leno, we know he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> and last, but certainly not, certainly not least, Big City Mike. That's one of the most indie names I've ever heard in my right. life. Big right. City Mike? Big, Big City, City Mike. Mike is um, Hillbilly Jim's more sophisticated cousin. <laughs> <laughs> he moved away from Mudlick and left the family. Yeah. And got an education. Got an now education. He knows, now he knows how to read. He's all and, fi- high, highfalutin and thinks he's better than everybody yeah. in the family. Like he knows how to read and like drive an <laughs> automobile. And um, he wears a shirt under his overalls. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he, under, he understands like. What sushi is. Reading these indie results can be a show of its own. Right? <laughs> like, Big City Jim was like, I have a good credit score. Big City Mike. <laughs> Big City Mike. Jim, Jim's the hillbilly, goddammit. Yeah, I, I understand now. Edit that. <laughs> Art for edit. But Big City Mike is like... He's got a Prius. He comes out. He comes. He comes to the ring to the song "Fame." Fame. I'm gonna live forever. Oh, that. Oh, no, you mean the other fame? Yeah. Okay. It's like you can you can consider messing with a country boy, but not city boy. Yeah. Well, Big City Mike on this show pinned the Motor City Kingpin. Okay. That is the stupidest name for a wrestler I've ever heard in my life. What was his name? The Motor City Kingpin. Stupid. Stupid. I imagine Big City Mike coming out to the ring like an aristocrat and be like, I'm way above being in this small little rinky-dink town. And then the Motor City bad man comes out and goes, you ain't going to talk about these people? You know what I mean? This is this is a good town. This is the USA. This is and you, what what Archie is describing is nineties indie wrestling. Right, right. <laughs> you know, big right, city well, Mike. Big, big city, city Mike. Mike is fucking funny, man. Like I said, <laughs> he's the non-retarded hillbilly Jim. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's a wrap. That is the end Aaron. of this show. And Aaron. I think, uh, oh, go ahead, Darcy. Aaron, Big City Mike comes to the family reunion and they all shun him because he's all learned and stuff. 
He didn't even get no cornbread. Yeah. He didn't and, even bring a side dish. Grandma said everybody <laughs> a side dish. You were supposed to bring the ambrosia, Mike. In big city, Mike's like, man. We got no ambrosia where I come from. <laughs> I mean, where I I got come. education. Right, I got education, right. I brought flashcards and highlights. <laughs> Solve a crossword. Big City Mike, Big City Mike is a great gimmick. Really Solve, Solve a crossword, you fucking hillbillies. Yeah. Hillbilly Jim goes to Grandma. He's putting us down again. Now you leave Mike alone. He had a better education than all of us. <laughs> He made this family proud. He got wing tips. Look how smart he is. He's the only one to graduate junior high. <laughs> All right. Oh. Let's wrap it up. I like Big City Mike. I like for, too. For more of this, ladies and gentlemen, in the weeks to come, you're going to have to listen to WrestleNet Radio. This show will be on WrestleNet Radio weekly. We're going back 25 years ago in pro wrestling. It was fun, guys. I think this is going to be a really cool experiment. Big City Mike is funny. We guarantee you that at least one more time during the duration of this show, when we read another indie you know, <laughs> result, Big City Mike will make a return. Yes, he will. I guarantee you that Eastern, what did you say, was Eastern... Oh, this one was like New England, yeah, yeah, New England Pro or something. I've heard of that company before. I remember you seeing it in the back of PWI magazine for like the champions and things like that, the, who was on top of what indie promotion. So I guarantee you we're going to hear about Big City Mike again. <laughs> the legend continues. <laughs> Big City Mike. Well, that being said, guys, do you have any closing words for our listeners this week? Like I said, folks, this will now be... After this week, it'll be a show on WrestleNet Radio. So if you want to tune in, then uh, I don't want join to us there. City Mike. I think we should just leave it on a high note. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Aaron? Uh, I'm not going to like say that it's going to be like the same exact show as this is, but I'm contemplating doing the year that was. Mm-hmm. Show that I was telling you about, where um, we'll look at like 1997 or 1986 and kind of read about it, but this is maybe better than it. This was fun. I enjoyed this show. I and, enjoyed it too. And I kind of like this because I can be lazy as fuck and don't yeah. have to prepare. <laughs> Yeah, you right. don't have any no Because I hate preparing. <laughs> Next week, because Aaron now knows what the following week is going to be. Aaron's going to come in with a book that's that thick of, of notes. Like, this <laughs> happened. Big City Mike won another match. <laughs> <laughs> and he's threatening them. He's threatening them hillbilly's face. Right. Are you guys All right, everybody. Over-prepare? I think Archie just said I overprepare for things. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with over-preparing. There isn't. I didn't say there was. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank our listeners for joining us yes. on episode 136 of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. As time gets, as, as the event draws closer and time gets uh, 
going on towards the Heroes and Legends of Wrestling pay-per-view, or pay-per-view, the Heroes and Legends of Wrestling show. We will have more news, more announcements as far as that goes. But until then, we'll see you next time, everybody. Have a great week, and thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle (laughs) podcast. Good night, everybody. The We Can't Wrestle podcast is a production of Maxin' Out Media, all rights reserved.